Hey y'all, my name is Frank Rivera and welcome back to another episode of Frank and Soul. On today's episode, I wanted to kind of cut the ribbon on a series that I was planning on doing when I dreamed up this podcast And that is the Major Arcana Tarot series. I want to go one by one through all 22 of the major cards and really look at them in ways that maybe I hadn't before. I have all of my cards laid out in front of me here from each of my different decks. I have the same card laid out, which I'll get to what that is in a second. I'm sure from the title, you've already gathered that information. But in doing this, I really hope to look at this card, or these cards rather, the whole suit, in a new way and in different facets from different perspectives, including different symbols, and hopefully, um, you know, go out of my comfort zone a little bit because I've known this these cards for many years and I don't want to become complacent in my practice. I always want to grow and dive deeper and uncover more of that knowledge and build a stronger relationship over time with them. I don't ever want to let it become something that's stale or rote or contrived. And so without further ado, the first card of this series, of course, where else would you begin than card number zero, The Fool. Now, I also want to say uh, before I really dive in that because of the way that I see tarot, I really see it through this lens of hermetic theory, which states that whatever you are divining from, in this case it's the tarot deck, each of the 78 cards is a slice of the universe. Now, because the universe is infinite, each of these slices is also infinite. And so really, I could go on forever just talking about any one card, or, well, maybe I couldn't, but each card contains an infinity within it. And so, of course, none of these episodes are going to be exhaustive. None of what I say is going to be exhaustive. And there's always going to be something that's left out and something that's missing. You know, you can't ever get the whole picture. And that is something that me personally, that is my own battle to deal with. It is something that at times, if I think about it too much, it gets me frustrated. But, you know, it's about doing the best you can. And it's about having that intention to learn and ultimately to keep learning. So without further ado, let's get started on The Fool. So basically the way that I'm doing this is I've laid out all of my notes in front of me that I have about The Fool, as well as each of The Fool cards from all of my decks. And if I see something specific in one of the decks, I'll definitely bring it up and name it and try to give you as much of a visual picture of what's going on because At the end of the day, let's face it, tarot is a very visual practice. It can be done otherwise, but for me, in my own personal experience, as I said, I started interpreting the visuals, the images of what's going on, and the fact remains is that to this day, I still do use that as a guide for what each of the cards mean. So starting off with the name of the fool, you know, it's card number zero, And for me personally, it is part of the major arcana, but it also isn't. The Fool is the character that goes through all of the tarot, the major and the minor alike. And so being number zero, or, you know, position zero, it 
sort of in a way doesn't belong to either the major or the minor, but it's not really a suit of its own, and it is so important and has its own name that, of course, I see why it's often associated with the major. But when I consider it personally, I sort of see it that it's that's the person that a lot of the times ties to the person that's getting the reading and stuff like that. So some of the different names that uh, the fool is given among my own, I have the dreamer, the foolish man, the wanderer, as well as, of course, the fool. But I know that in some other decks, the fool is also called the jester. Uh, going in the direction of signs and associations and things like that, the Fool is an air sign card, and it's associated with the planet Uranus, at least in the Crowley tradition. It might be a little bit different in the Rider Waite, I'm not really sure, but in the Crowley tradition, it's associated with Uranus, and because of that, I personally tie it to Aquarius. Now, I really think that the element of, or the sign of Aquarius, that aspect is strengthened here in the guise of the humanitarian and the curious and the fresh-faced, the innocent. That is really where the Aquarius is coming in. That's where the perspective of the fool takes shape for me. Now, looking at this Rider Waite card, the traditional, you know, a lot of symbology comes from the fool, the Rider Waite fool. It's um, a man that is sort of with open arms. In one hand, he has a little stick with a little bag attached to the end, you know, carrying all his belongings, which are not many. And in the other hand, he has a white rose and his arms are spread open. He's at the precipice of a cliff and there is a little white dog next to him. There's a sun in the top right corner and glacial sort of icy mountains far in the background. And it's like, He's taking in the glory of the world around him. He might be ready to jump, maybe not. It sort of depends. And I think that that sort of maybe he'll jump and maybe he doesn't. That brings me to my first sort of take on this card. The Fool comes after the World card, number 21. In some cases, the Fool is card number 22. And it comes before the Magician, card number 1. To me, the Fool card is the end of one cycle and the beginning of the next, and in a way, it's almost that sort of pit stop between cycles. With the Fool, it's important to remember that it's kind of like, uh, I think, a lot of the hero's journey. And the Fool is that stage of the hero's journey before the hero goes out, before they embrace the challenge and accept the challenge and start being intercepted by all of these mentors and these teachers. So this is the fool is at his most comfortable. He has the decision of whether or not to take that leap and take that jump into the world. What I always advise the people that I'm reading for, when I see the fool, I say, you need a jump and the universe is going to catch you because if you stay in that sort of complacence before the hero really undergoes the journey, then Sure, maybe you stay protected from the evils and the villains and the opponents, but you also don't get to claim your entitlement to the prize, the outcome, the gifts of the journey and of the story. Another thing which I feel like I always have to bring this up, and rightfully so, I understand why, 
it's understandable where your mind jumps to when you're getting a tarot reading and you get a card and it says the fool. So the first thing that I always want to say to people is this doesn't necessarily have to do with any sort of foolishness or ignorance. It definitely can. It definitely can point towards innocence or naivety um, and things like that and, you know, poor judgment, lack of direction, so on and so forth. But oftentimes, well, maybe this is because the people that I read for are usually sound of mind and, you know, they're smart and they're with it like that. But a lot of the times I see it more as you don't know what's coming and that's okay. No one ever knows what's coming. It's up to you to find out. The path has many twists and turns. The road is a winding one and that is up to the world to bestow upon you. A lot of the times I also like to include that don't worry about something. You know, you're going to have your highs and your lows, but at the end of the day, you're going to come back home. And that's what the fool is about me. That's what the fool is about to me. Sorry. It's about you can go on your journey, but you can always find your way back home as well. Now, something that I also want to point towards is this sense of companionship. I see this white dog a lot, and it's saying this is not a journey that you have to undergo on your own. This isn't you know, the burden of the human experience isn't placed solely on your shoulders. You can find allies and you will find allies and teachers and mentors along the way that guide you and help you. And you would do well to remember their lessons and their teachings because they are going to serve you not only throughout the rest of this cycle, but in your following ones. And if you forget them, you're doomed to repeat the same cycles over and over again. That's just the way life is. If you are taught a lesson and then you fail to learn it, then you're going to hit you're going to get hit by the butt end of that lesson another time from someone else or from another circumstance or situation. And that's what I feel like the fool is kind of saying. There's also a lot of hope to be had in the fool. There's this sun in the top right-hand corner of the writer wait fool. It's also in a lot of my other decks, in this Little Prince deck, in the Hermetic Tarot deck, you could even argue in the Hidden Realm deck, there are these sort of um, light imageries that are being used. Um, certainly in the Rider Way smith deck, the entire back is yellow, and that's auspicious. It's a good omen. It's saying, yeah, on the whole, you know, it, you might receive some mixed blessings along the way, but you're going to be okay. You're going to survive. You're going to make it. That is the nature of the human spirit. It's tough and it's enduring. And while at this point, it might still be childlike or um, hopeful, and that might not be the same by the end, these are only things and experiences that are going to sort of add on to it, not chip away at it or take away. At the end of the day, you can always go back to that fool and that inner child because that ultimately is what the fool is to me, is the inner child. You can always go back to that by stripping away the bark or the wallpaper that life has put on. Something else that I really um, haven't really explored that much within my own practice when I'm reading The Fool is this idea of unseen guides and that might mean your inner intuition, it might mean your angels, your God, or your past teachers, your ancestors, whatever it might be. You need to sort of keep that with you. I guess I kind of already touched on this a little bit, but they will reveal themselves along the way. And it's almost good to sort of take a 
inventory or a recount of what you have, what you have in your favor. Know what you're strong in and what you're weak in because in critical moments where you're balancing on that tightrope, those are what's going to push you either way and that is what you would do well to remember. So I always like to kind of urge my uh, the people that I'm reading for to remember that they do have all of the weapons that they need to succeed at their own disposal. It's already there. It's about unleashing and unlocking them and being able to use them at the right time and place in order to fully succeed. And it's also about, you know, not doing anything too early, but that might get into a little bit of the um, minor cards here. But that's also, you know, an aspect of it. There is a lot of overlap, I think, between the cards. They all speak in dialogue with each other, and there's elements of each of them within all of the other cards, if that makes sense. They're all interconnected. And so I think that's also important to remember, especially when looking at such a central card as the Fool. The Fool has everything within him. It's just waiting to be unlocked, whether that is by like I said previously, a teacher, the following couple cards, which are, you know, people that teach and give a lesson, or whether that is by need and necessity. It's sort of something that's hidden and you don't know about yourself, but when the time comes for you to prove yourself and for you to walk the walk or talk the talk, it arises and it comes out. There are certainly times when I really do welcome this card and I say, oh, this is a great thing for you. Especially when someone is asking a lot of the times, for example, about moving out or moving to a new city, or maybe they've been dealing with something for a really long time and I can tell that it's sort of weighing on them and they want it to be over. When I get the fool, it's like saying the slate, the slate is going to be wiped clean. My bad there. You're going to, all of this release that you're looking for, the baggage to be taken off your shoulders it is coming your way, and you are going to embark on something new, refreshing, and exciting. And that, I think, really sort of helps, just at first, giving a sort of brief synopsis of that really does help loosen loosen them up and get them acclimated to the reading a little bit more, especially when this card comes out first, which I find that it often does. Sometimes when uh, I usually the way that I do my readings is I shuffle and I pull five cards in a row, sometimes more. Um, depending on what the reading necessitates, but I find a lot of the times that the fool actually does come out first, and that helps me locate where they are, where they're headed, and where the energy in the spread correlates to what's going on in their life. When that fool card comes out first, I say, okay, this is very clear. You're about to go on a journey. When it comes later on in the spread, sometimes it, that says to me, you are on a journey right now, but it's going to end and you're going to start another one later. And when it comes at the very end, I say, you're going to go home. You're ultimately going to go home. All of this stuff is going to end and um, the end of your cycle is actually the getting home rather than the beginning where it's leaving home. Because yeah, I it's important to, you know, something that I keep in mind and go back to with this card is that it is the the end and the beginning, not only the beginning, not only the end. It is both, and you have to look at it that way when you're reading it, because if not, you can really miss out on some of the nuances and the details of what's going on in the person you're reading for, your querent's energy, where they are in their cycle. Another aspect of this card that I think is really important to mention is that sort of initiation, that newness of the card. And I think in this way, it shares a lot with the page cards. The page cards are the first of the 
court section of their respective minor arcana suits, whereas here the Fool is the first, also the last, but we'll get to that in a second, the first card of the major arcana. So with this I say it's okay if there's some awkwardness or some fumbling or some discomfort or some dissonance with the way that you're handling things. It's okay if things fall through at first or you're not really succeeding as strongly and as quickly and effectively as you would like to. That's okay. You're going to learn that with time and with practice and with patience. And that is ultimately something that the fool lacks. He lacks that sort of experience and that awareness and that ease and that swagger almost because he's new. He's a baby. He's a child. And that is the energy that the fool brings. And I all, you know, you always have to reassure people that it's okay. It's okay that you don't get it right away because if you did, then everything, you know, the human experience would be so meaningless if you were already amazing at everything and you already got everything and you already knew everything. We really do learn about ourselves in those moments where we are uncomfortable. It's about embracing that idea that you know nothing and in that you learn. There's that quote, I don't really know exactly who it's by, but the wise man is he who knows that he knows nothing. At the fool stage, you don't know that. You can be overconfident and you can be, um, you know, a little bit cocky or arrogant. But as you, as the fool progresses along that path, of the major arcana and he progresses along his journey he does realize i do know nothing and in that the fool goes from being the fool goes from being stupid to having wisdom because he knows that he knows nothing now the other end of that is the fool as the end of the major arcana and i think this kind of might turn it on its head in a way the title of the fool the fool as the man who has gone out and seen everything and the pure transcendent divine knowledge of everything of the human experience when you look at the fool as the ending card the fool knows everything there is to know which is unattainable to us as humans i mean unless you reach enlightenment but let's look at or let's step into that role into that perspective as the fool is someone who has reached enlightenment and has returned home to others around him, this sheer amount of knowledge, it, it's hard for them to comprehend. It's like the allegory of the cave by Plato. You know, the other prisoners in the cave say, no, you're insane. You're crazy. There isn't an entire other dimension to this world. But the fool knows that there is because he has experienced it. He hasn't only heard it secondhand from someone, he has gone through those trials and tribulations, but also those gifts and those blessings, really and truly the ups and the downs that the universe throws at you, and he knows that it's true. But when you come back down or you go back home, integrating that into the um, sort of common speak or the um, in a way that others can understand it, if that makes sense, is impossible it, it really or if not impossible it's very very difficult and it requires you to go on that journey sort of once again you know maybe even to learn just how to communicate it back and that's where i think the um tarot sort of overlaps a little bit maybe with psychedelics and that sort of knowledge you know uh, a lot of people cite that once they do go on these sort of psychedelic trips with hallucinogenic drugs, trying to describe it back in normal speak, trying to describe these 
4D, 5D, 6D concepts in human 3D, maybe even 4D terms is nigh on impossible. And the other thing about that perspective of the fool as someone who has gone through the whole journey of the universe, the human experience, and the only thing that's foolish about it is that inability to effectively communicate to people that are unenlightened is the fact that you know that the fool is going to go out again. He's bound to. We as humans are driven to and we have that insatiable need and that curiosity for knowledge. And so once you get even that first peak that shows you that you are not even a speck on a speck of a speck within the entire universe, you go out and you want to know more. And, and, and you have to. And that really is what the fool is all about to me is that drive for knowledge that drive for experience and not knowing everything that you're gonna get hit with it's like oh honey you have such a big storm coming but you're gonna love it and it, it's the fool you know you can't protect him from it because he needs to know and also you know you can't protect um you know any sort of child or any sort of human being you can't protect them from the world and this is in that state before that loss of innocence, before that first wall breaks down and the light of knowledge and the light of experience comes in and ultimately transforms them forever. And that's the thing. It's, it's so cyclical. I mean, I could keep on going like this forever. I feel like I'm a broken record, but there are infinite walls like that within us. That reminds me of this quote by a poet Khalil Gibran that the soul is like a lotus of endless petals and it's endlessly unfolding and that first unfolding which is also the same as the second unfolding and the third unfolding it's it's so modular again I'm repeating myself again and I feel like I'm crazy that is what the fool is I guess the last thing that as I'm doing this episode, I'm being drawn to, and this isn't something that I usually incorporate into my readings, it's a little bit experimental, so bear with me, is the fool holding on to things. He's holding on to this white rose, and he's holding on to this sack on a stick in the Rider Waite, in the Rider Waite Smith tarot. Um, it's almost, to me, it seems a little bit nostalgic, or a little bit home um, homesick, He's holding on to a life that he once knew that maybe it doesn't exist anymore. Maybe after being affected by that knowledge, he he can't ever see things with that same innocence again. And it's almost a little bit sad when you think of it that way. But the only way through really is forward. And I think that that is uh, essential and central to this story of the fool. It's saying, well, you have to go forward. You can't go back to comfort and security and the home that you once left because if it doesn't exist anymore maybe it exists and still but maybe you don't exist in the same way still uh you know time only goes forward and the carousel keeps turning and to me this fool is um in a very real sense in a very contemporary real world sense it's it's the kid who you know wants um wants to just be a child again but can't he has to respond to the 
demands and the ups and downs of the real world of getting a job of you know moving on and starting your own life away from you know mom and dad and familiar and and you know you have to go through it you you ultimately reach a point where you're the father or you're the mother and um or even if not that you know you reach a point where you are the head of the family as opposed to the child is ultimately what i'm trying to say and um and that's i mean it put it makes me a little sad to think about it that way but that's life it's just it keeps turning like that but to sum it up and i guess leave it on a more positive note other than something that might seem intimidating or you know just melancholy or sad like that to me the fool is hopefulness it's joy it's innocence it's something that you don't get back and so you need to savor it really while you have it as a card you know in the larger framework of the tarot it is the beginning and the end the alpha and the omega oh something that i you know might as well throw in while we're here is in terms of characters the fool reminds me of two off the top of my head the fool is Alice in Wonderland and the little prince and the little prince and those are two of my favorite stories of all time and I think it's that's why because the main character is the fool and you see the other characters of the tarot sprinkled throughout which we'll definitely get to that as well because one of my decks is actually the little the tarot of the little prince and so there's a lot of that in there but yeah, it's someone who's very hopeful, very energetic and joyful and jubilant and um, sprightly and is really ready to grab the world by the horns, but doesn't maybe doesn't realize yet that it's going to be a little harder than they think. And that's okay. They are equipped to deal with it and they will. It is in their destiny. It's in their fate. And that concludes my, um, you know, tour through the fool. here at the tail end of this episode i wanted to thank y'all for listening to my first episode on the major arcana series if you have any recommendations of course or constructive criticism or feedback please feel free to let me know i'm always looking for ways to improve if there can um if there's anything i can do to make the discussion of these cards more understandable or easier or even if you just hate the sound of my voice please let me know but for now that is all i have i'm excited for the next installment of this series which will cover my favorite card and the one or at least one of the ones that i feel most connected to and that is the magician but for now that is all i also wanted to say that these won't be happening one at a time. I mean, there will be um, episodes that are not of the Major Arcana series in between episodes that are. And um, yeah, that's basically it. I don't want to, you know, flood the um, the order with only Major Arcana discussion. But yeah, um, that is all I have for y'all today. I hope y'all enjoyed, and that being said, I hope y'all have a wonderful and magical morning, afternoon, or night, and kisses and love. Bye! Mwah.